The EU Horizon 2020 funded Fusicus project is presenting this podcast series about nature-based solutions. The word Fusicus in Greek means according to nature. And this podcast aims to demonstrate sustainable measures inspired by nature that reduces the risk of extreme weather events in rural mountain landscapes. Well, welcome everybody back to another episode. My name is Josh. I'm joined with my colleague here, Marcelian. We're students at Technical University of Munich. We're here at the Chair of for strategic landscape planning and management. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about today's topic. We're, we're, we're back on to another case study of the MBS. And today uh, we will be exploring the very ESAR case, which runs through Munich, where all of us here on the call are in Munich currently. And so very excited to be joined by Oliver Engelmeyer, he is uh, alumni of the Technical University of Munich um, in the studied landscape architecture. Um, and then now he's currently working as a landscape architect and urban planner at Burkhardt Engelmeyer Mendel, um, an architectural firm here in Munich. He's been a partner since 2015 and he also holds has been have, having some teaching assignments since 2014. So um, he's worked directly on this project um, at the ESAR. So hi, Oliver, We're, how are you doing? We're very happy to have you today. Hello, Ra, thanks for having me. And yeah, I look forward to this podcast. Yeah, well, let's just jump right in. Could you just briefly describe then your role or your involvement with the Isar River restoration? The Isar River restoration in, in Munich is, is a very large project. We as a landscape architecture firm only came, came um, to be part of all this uh, in, in 2003 as a result of a design competition that took place then. Um, and this design competition was, was um, was executed because because when um, the early stretches are sort of out in the landscape and there was a lot of engineering and ecological work but 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 the stretches that then actually touched the inner city were were were, were, were you are within um, a more built environment and within the historical city core um, um, it was thought that a design comp international design competition would be would be good to to sort of enhance um, the whole scheme. Right? We were a team of planners, engineers, landscape architects, hydrologists, and I was the team leader of of of, of, of that whole outfit. Okay, so you're the project um, design leader. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, um, so last week we actually had a introduction about NPS. So we basically know what is nature-based solution. And we know that this is our project also implement nature-based solution. Um, the, the question is, um, what is this project actually try to mitigate? Like, what is the objective of this project? We're in a big city where uh, there is the need, uh, a need for, for flood protection and with climate change, all the calculations have changed uh, for what is an um, um, 
um, of, no, a flood event. So, so uh, all of that had to be redesigned for, for various reasons. And, and flood protection was very certainly a very important one. But also attitudes had changed, of course, like since, since the late 20th century, people simply thought, okay, the, the technical uh, solution that, that you saw on the ESA was, was a very, uh, was really, um, it looked very technical at the time. It almost looked like a canal, and 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 people were very dissatisfied with it because just south of Munich, uh, you you see the Isar as a wild river, and 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 the, the public just just wanted this kind of nature back. Yeah, that's very interesting. Actually, I recently found out just a few days ago that, and I didn't know to know this before that the Isar River restoration is actually quite famous, quite uh, well known in the river restoration community uh worldwide so for our listeners if you didn't know that like i i didn't um yeah uh we're this this is what we're talking about here is really the gold standard um just to follow though um oliver could you tell us what are some of the most interesting project features and uh maybe even what makes this a role model um globally yeah, one thing is that, that we actually had a river that, that was really channelized before. All of the weirs and the walling were actually um, taken away. And but, but there were a few circumstances that were actually quite lucky and which are also unusual, which made it possible to, to actually execute this within a fairly short amount of time uh, because the whole floodbed uh, was in ownership of either council or, or the state of Bavaria, so, so there were no ownership issues, and there was enough space to do all the things that, that, that were required at this point. And also, the water rights, because there, there are several um, hydroelectric plants on the ESO, just just as about on every uh, bigger river within Europe, um, these water rights were actually running out, and they had to be rene renegotiated. And, and there was an option to 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 uh, give back more water to a more natural river at this point because because all these contracts which which in a lot of cases to just go on really for hundreds of years or decades at least uh, they could be negotiated so so all these things sort of happened at the same time and the space was available so you could actually do something very visible at a very large scale and and, and the scale of it and also because it's in a big city of course that that probably makes it makes it an interesting project so um beyond munich's borders i guess and like you've mentioned before, flood protection is actually one of many objectives. And can you please um, give us a concrete example? How can flood protection play in the planning? Like maybe we need something specific, like specific design or specific technique. Flood protection means is very site specific. I mean, it really depends on do you have um, do you have space where you where, where the water can spread out. Um, um, do you have a river where the water can flow away quickly enough? So you really have to look at the specific situation to to to, to be able to say what what uh, what flood protection actually means in each case. But but flood protection is what what everybody absolutely wants and expects from the state. I guess at least in Germany. I mean, I mean we've got a big city we've we've got a lot of buildings there and and of course um, um homeowners don't want want their property to get flooded and, and to, to have damage there so so that that's the 
absolute paramount objective is, 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 is to deliver flood protection. And if that is possible in a natural way, then, then just the better. But, but if it hadn't been possible in a natural way, then, well, then technical solutions would also have to be employed. Okay, so when the stakeholders are also very active in the planning process, it means that they also get some benefits from it. Um, which benefits could they actually get from ISAR restoration project? Well, what what the public wanted there most of all, I think, was 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 also because it's an inner city um, location. They wanted to to have opportunities to to um, um, have um, yeah to get access to the river and 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 to get access to the water to be able to swim there, um, use it for leisure and, and activities, which wasn't possible before. That was very important to people that that that, that would happen, but but there was also a wish just for for something more natural, for for more habitat, for more natural life. And, and that's something I hadn't mentioned before. I mean, well, the ESA is also quite lucky is that the quality of the water is actually very, very high. Uh, that was something that, that had been prepared over the decades before. So the water of, of the ESA is really unusually clean for, for, for a river that size in a city that size. And, and that makes it very easy to, to, to produce a, a beautiful, natural looking uh, river. If we had to, had to fight with, with polluted waters, uh, we would have had totally different issues. So we're very lucky to not have that. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I certainly enjoy the ESAR myself. Um, actually, only about a five minute bike ride from the southern section and do appreciate all these benefits here. Um, well, we mentioned earlier uh, something about the space. How, how was the space set up? Why was there already so much space? Uh, because this is, Munich is a very urban city, so yeah. uh, very, very dense. Yeah, the, the, there was a flood uh, plain or corridor that that, that was um, always free of, of construction, that, that was always green in a way. But but before it was quite, looked quite technical actually, all the, all the walling was done in concrete and and, and, and the vegetation was, was just very plain lawns and, and there wasn't, it looked quite technical, but, but there was, the space was necessary because the ESA, uh, um, has uh, very um, strong fluctuations and, 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 and very frequent floods. Almost every year you have very high floods. So, so it was always necessary to, to, to keep that uh, space um, open. Uh, the floodplain was already there and, and, and it didn't have to be, uh, there was no demolition of, of buildings or roads or anything of that, uh, like that would, would have had to happen. You said before that we want to um, make use of the clean water in Isar, and I wonder how can we maintain the clean water from Isar, but as, at the same time we want to fulfill recreational needs from the citizens. It comes so much from recreation itself. I mean, one thing is a big city produces a lot of uh, polluted uh, water runoff from the streets and all that, but but but, but it's taken care of that that doesn't run off into the ESA untreated. Um, and also the topography of Munich is also a little bit helpful with all of that, but that's probably difficult to convey in a, in a podcast. You would have to look at the plans, but, but some of these 
frame conditions are quite helpful. And of course, uh, people who spend leisure time on the on the river, uh, they do pollute, uh, bring pollution. They, they leave their garbage there, and and, and of course, you need to. Um, um, for one thing, you do have to educate people uh, to, to actually not leave behind uh, what they bring there. And, and also, council has to invest some money to, to clean it all up. I mean, it's a, it's a very popular green space, and, and you have to maintain it like, like any other green space. Fuzikos, as our listeners and we all may know already, deals with uh, actually rural and mountain landscapes mostly. Uh, would you, I mean, would you say uh, any of this, these lessons or the, these learnings could be upscaled to the rural or mountain landscape context under which conditions or how can we, you know, apply some of these things that we learned here? Well, in retrospect, of course, yes. There's always things that are similar. I mean, it's probably just getting all these stakeholders together, which is the most difficult thing of the all. We've been, we've been in, in, in various follow-up projects in Munich because, because since construction finished at the Deutsche Museum 2012, there have been ambitions to... to um, continue further down through the city but but there the situation becomes much more difficult and that's where you kind of find out what is needed to be successful because that isn't quite there because you have many different owners you have far less space and place and, and many more people to negotiate with and then you see okay well, well it's before you even start you need to have um all stakeholders um, in one boat because otherwise it's just not going to happen because if, if someone says well um, we need this road we can't we, uh, this road can't go away or we cannot do any adjustment to the, this bridge then this one thing can actually stop the whole business altogether and all the different agencies and, and stakeholders that are there they, they need to be in one boat before and that can actually take decades and and I think that 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 is no different in the rural uh, in the countryside. I mean, I mean, I mean, what what obstructs river restoration? There is often uh, the lack of space because because the, the land required is not in ownership of of the water board or whoever is 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 is, is driving the river restoration or. Often enough, there's, there's other in infrastructure running along the river, which is not so easily removed, like, like roads or power plants or power lines and, and all that thing, all those things. So, so it's it's really some, it's a work of generations, really. And, and also what we executed was something that had been prepared, like, in the 80s, even where, where, where different stakeholders came together and and, and really prepared all the, all the things that that, that that were then executed in the 2000s, so, and I think that that is the same everywhere. And we have like our last question is some kind of take home message because we know that ESR is yeah clean and it also enhances biodiversity. So what can students or residents of ESR do to help with? to help maintain this situation, maintain this condition. It's probably always nice to see projects that are successful and and, and, and you can just just spread out the message that it is possible and and, and uh, to 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 uh, do river restorations work at that scale if you have the patience and the stamina to, to go all through all these processes over over a long time. But of course, it's it's a very it's a very large project. It, a lot of it really goes beyond uh, the moment, and it goes beyond the individual. I'm I'm very sure of that. 
Well, since I am a landscape architect student, <laughs> I get important knowledge today and thank you very much. And I also wish um, from our podcast, our listeners know how valuable these are. I believe we could together preserve this ISR so that it's not going to like destruct it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, next week we will upload new episodes of our podcast series. Until then, stay connected and be inspired by nature in your own day challenges. Fuzikos is coordinated by NGI, and the podcast series is supervised by Dr. Odds and Graf Hamed and Dr. Gerd Lup. Are you interested in more? Please visit our website at fuzikos.eu.